Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you're having a great week. I hope you're having a great holiday. I hope you had a great holiday. I'm not really sure when you're going to get this one, but I hope you guys are doing well. Britt, how you doing? Good. How are you? I am good. I am feeling so much better. You seem much better. I do, don't I? Mm-hmm. Now I'm getting on your nerves because I feel better. No. <laughs> but I feel better. Um, y'all, it's been a rough road. Eight, eight and a half weeks and I'm finally starting to feel better. So let's hope that I just continue um, to improve so that I can be fully released and get back to normal life and normal living. So um, I know Britt's going to make her very happy to me to get back to normal. For sure. Yeah. All right. So we're going to do our second half today. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's. So bring them on. Okay. I don't think we have any. Oh, real quick. Just a couple announcements. We will be in Murfreesboro, Tennessee on July the 15th um, at an open house at Family Pet. So you guys can find information on that on our website. Should have it on the calendar. Britt's going to put that on the calendar um, so that you guys can come and meet us if you're local and, and see an amazing new facility. Uh, we'll be hosting seminars, workshops, and group classes there as well. So definitely come out and see this facility. It's amazing. Um, it was just built, and it's beautiful. And they are force-free, fear-free. Yeah, so I'm excited to see it. I'm very excited. So, yeah, that's that's the announcement there. I think that's all I got right now. Yeah. Um, I just added some new events to the website. So go check those out. Yes, go check local. the website out. Definitely. If you're not local and you need a Zoom or something, don't forget to reach out because we do offer that um, if you guys need anything for that. So we can do a 30-minute session if you just have small things or if you want to do an hour session or longer than that, we can do that. So... Just uh, email us, info at dogspeak101.com. All right. Word. Let's do it. Okay. Because I'm feeling better. Okay, good. First one. (laughs) All right, so we did 10 through 6 last time, um, and then you had a podcast with Daniel Shaw in between. Yes. So now 
we are going to do five through one of dogs naughty behaviors i don't believe in that but okay well that's the whole point of this episode i know okay all right so number five i'll i'll do a recap of 10 through six okay um so 10 was singing along with music i think we decided that meant like howling yeah yeah um rolling around in something stinky number eight was giving sad puppy eyes to get treats number seven was humping six was refusing to come when called Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you got our newsletter today we did uh we did a july training tip trick (laughs) training (laughs) this margarita is good by the way um you're welcome (laughs) <laughs> and it is it does uh talk about recall so oh good so yeah. that was the newsletter that she sent yeah. out on july the 3rd yeah. which is when we are recording i don't know when you're going to listen to this yeah so but uh, july 3rd check your email check your spam box if you're not getting it and uh if you want more then just sign up for our newsletter absolutely because we, we will have a tip every month yes we don't in, inundate your email box no you get one a month sorry well i'm trying to talk her into two a month but we'll you know yeah but Gray is starting to get more videos, so if you also go to YouTube. Yeah, and this uh, newsletter also will have those videos as well. Oh, excellent. Okay, good. All right, so let's go with the rest. All right, so number five is sneaking onto the furniture. Sneaking on the... This is not a thing. What do you mean it's not a thing? Okay, I mean, it is a thing. They are getting on the furniture. I wouldn't call it sneaking on the furniture. That makes it sound like the dog is trying to manipulate and get away with something that he knows is wrong. And to me, that's just not fair because the dog doesn't know it's wrong. What typically happens when dogs are getting on the furniture with um, the owners not in the room and then the owners walk in the room, the dog jumps off, you know, and they're freaking out. It's typically because they've learned that sitting on the couch with the owner present is a negative, whereas sitting on the couch without the owner present is a positive. So they're not sneaking, trying to get away with something. They're doing something that is self-rewarding, laying on the couch, at the times that is most beneficial. And when they get off the couch, it's not like they're getting off the couch and saying, oops, I'm in trouble, I just did wrong, I'm a bad, bad boy. No. What the hell did your face just do? I don't know. I'm just saying. What is disturbing? They're not doing it to where they know they're wrong. I cannot stand when people say they know they did wrong. No, they don't. It's all about associations. It's not about knowing right or wrong. It's something that either works or it doesn't. It's appropriate or it's inappropriate. Wrong and right, mm, just not, not really a thing. So can we stop punishing our dogs? For sneaking on the furniture when you're out of the room. If you want them to not be on the furniture, then teach them that by removing them gently off the furniture without saying a word. So if they jump up on the furniture and you don't want them there, just quietly remove them to the floor and don't say anything and sit back down. They'll probably look at you like you're crazy and jump back up a few times. Just repeat it. Keep repeating You can also give them a command to go lay on their bed or a certain place. And that's fine, right? It's, we don't, if you're using something like an off command, because I know a lot of people listening are like, well, that's what I do, but they still jump on. If you're using like an off command, 
and you're using snapping fingers saying all four and five times, one, all you're doing is teaching them they can sit up there until asked to get off. They're not learning to not get on there. So I like to just interrupt it because it's self-rewarding. So I interrupt with the least amount. You can give an incompatible behavior, lay down on your bed, lay down on the floor, uh, lay down on a place, whatever. And there you go. That's how you fix the furniture. Obviously, when you're not home, you cannot interrupt. So if your dog is going to get on it, you need to keep them away from that furniture. And I don't mean putting chairs on your couch. And I don't mean putting a scat mat on your couch or a shock mat or whatever. It's a scat mat. It's it's a shock mat. If you jump up, it it will it's static electricity. Not really. It's static. It's a shock. Oh, that doesn't seem fun. It is not fun. <laughs> and again, the dog only learns to not jump up there when that is on there. Yeah, you're not teaching them to not do it. Yeah, you're managing. Don't do that. Manage the dog by putting the dog away. Okay. Now, if you want to teach your dog to get on the couch or it's okay for the dog to get on the couch, then you can always just put it on a permission um, base cue instead of just letting the dog jump anytime. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't care that their dogs jump on the furniture, and I'm okay with that. I don't live with you, but don't get pissed off at them if they jump on the couch with a guest while they're holding a glass of red wine and spill it. Don't get mad at them. It's not their fault. My recommendation is teach your dogs to jump up on a permission based either by a verbal cue or by um, a, um, Lord, where'd my brain go? Or a visual cue such as like a blanket, mm-hmm. which is what kind of what we do, what yeah, we've done with our dogs. Yeah, on the blanket. Yeah. yeah. So um, there are ways to do it. If, if you really want to understand the, the step-by-step process, the only difference is you would invite them up using the word. That's the only difference of the interruption process if they jump up and you didn't invite just remove them wait 10 20 seconds and then you can invite them up use your keyword then invite them up or as you see they're coming to jump up you can also capture and just use the word yeah so that's what i recommend you can also email us if you want a handout we do have those it was funny um when we were out of town and (laughs) katie was here watching them she's like is there anything they can't do as Isabella's sitting on the couch. I was like, oh, yeah, by the way, they can be on there. I'm really sorry. And they'll sleep in the bed with you. And I, I wasn't sure how she would feel about that. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. This is awesome. We're going to cuddle all weekend. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. Uh, thanks, Aunt, Aunt Katie. They, thanks, Aunt Katie. They yeah. had so much fun. They did. They really had a great time. And, yeah, and so that, and it's important to know that it's like, you want the if you have a house sitter coming in, let them know the rules, right? Mm-hmm. If your dog is allowed to jump on them, then tell them. If they're not, tell them. Ask them to follow through with those things. Okay, um, it's really important because a lot of pet sitters will go above and beyond, acknowledging not not appropriate behavior just so the dog likes them and so that you think that the dog loves them and they love them and that it's going to be a good time. I understand the thought process, but we would like to keep some consistency because mm-hmm. that's not fair on the dog. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Next one. Um, it's funny though, too, on that, before we move to the next one, how many people, when they call or email are like, I know this isn't good, but I let them sleep with me. Oh, you should see the look on their faces (laughs) when I'm in person and I'm asking questions and they're always this guilty look, this, I know, I know it's bad, but they sleep with me and they, and I also just let them on the couch and I literally, I, I don't care. 
I don't care. I don't live with you. I don't care. The only thing I care about is that you're consistent with the dog and that the dog is very clear in the expectation Uh um, and, you know, not getting in trouble because you're in a bad mood. Right. Other than that, I don't care. Yeah. I just, and now if you're having some behavior issues around either of those, obviously we have to have a conversation. But no, I don't care. That is such, that's old myth, old crap. Dogs can't sleep with you. I don't like my dog sleeping with me because I can't sleep because I like to move a lot. I don't like them at my legs. <laughs> That's why they end up with me. <laughs> well, he's been sleeping in his crate some, so. And he's choosing to do that, which is great. But he is choosing to stay in the room with me. Yeah. So I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there you go. All right, number four. Let's do it. Begging for attention. Huh. All right. I think we kind of went over this a little bit in the last one. We did. With the uh, puppy dog. Yeah, with the Ask, puppy. Yeah, asking for treats. Yeah. Okay, look, but this one is is going a little bit deeper, and this yeah, one. Yeah, because this this talks about pawing, nudging, um, staring. Yeah, right. So if your dog is asking you for attention, um, a lot of people you'll hear and and old school trainers they are demanding attention, and don't you dare let them demand attention. I don't know, but I my dog has yet to walk up to me and look me and say, you know, it would be really nice if you would just, like, let me sit in your lap and um, you rub on me a little bit because I'm feeling a little stressed. So since my dog doesn't say that, and I've never heard of a dog to do that, I think that, <laughs> what? I was, just, I was just getting ready to do Meyer's voice. You should. <laughs> it was... It was just about to come out just so naturally. <laughs> she talks for Myers all the time. Although I feel like Myers is starting to mumble and talk a little fast. So I don't always understand what he says. Y'all, and the sad part is, is I will look at Myers and I will look at Britt and I'll be like, I'm not sure what, what you said, so I need you to repeat it. Because I need to know so I can answer appropriately. you answer your dog who is not speaking to you. Like, through, like I'm his little translator. <laughs> I know, but it's the same thing of, you know, my new t-shirt I wore last week. I was so excited about it. It was sometimes I talk to myself and then we both laugh. (laughs) Come on, that's true, especially during this recovery. Actually, I hadn't had much to laugh about, but I have talked to myself a lot. But look, if your guy, if your dog is, is asking for attention, they are telling you they need something. And especially if they're asking for it during a stressful moment, Uh, firework season's here, Uh, thunderstorms, uh, lots of parties, loud music, lots of things. So there's a lot of stress that can take place. And so if your dog is coming up and asking you for something, they need it. And you need to provide that. Now, if you don't like the way they're doing it, and I'm going to use nudging under the arm or pawing down your leg, those those are uncomfortable, right? In those moments, you can't ignore that behavior. However... You will use that behavior as information to tell you what you need to do. So, for an example, if if he came up and nudged under my arm, I would know he needs attention, but I don't want to give it to him immediately because I don't want to let him know that works. I will wait until he stops nudging and he follows it up with something that's more appropriate, whatever that may be, because it's a personal preference. Mm-hmm. And if he does that... you know preferred behavior three to five seconds then I will give him that attention so I'll use what I don't want barking at me I'm going to ignore that I don't want that right 
but I use it as information. They need something. So I'll wait that three seconds of good, and then I'm going to give them. You know, uh, was it night before last? He got a little freaked out about the fireworks. Uh-huh. There was They were a little loud. Um, he already has uh, sound sensitivities. And our town ends up, like, around our neighborhood, it ends up being, like, a week. Yeah, it's... Uh, an entire week or week and a half of just constant. Yeah, and he does okay, but... Um, we actually gave him a little medicine the first night. Uh, it was that Saturday because they they did our city celebration mm-hmm. on Saturday, which was the first. And um, then we decided just to go on inside so we could just cuddle with the dogs and be there. And he came over and he got in my arms and he laid there for a good hour and a half mm-hmm. and fell asleep. And he would wake up and he'd bark a little bit and then I would just soothe him and then he'd go back to sleep. Yeah. Y'all, he is not a cuddler. He doesn't cuddle. So I knew I made the right decision of, of coming inside. I want you know I was going to stay outside and try to watch some fireworks and because I'm feeling better. But then I was like, you know what? He needs that. Yeah. And so I think it's really important that when our dogs ask us for attention, there's a reason. Isabella asks for attention all the damn time, and she's just needy as hell. Sometimes I don't want to give it to her, but I I take in the environment, mm-hmm. y'all. When I go to the bathroom, I always have guests, okay? <laughs> it's like having toddlers. I mean, it's she could be across the room asleep, and I could sit on the toilet as quietly as possible, and she gets this from day in. I could sit on the toilet as quietly as possible, and here she comes because mm-hmm. she wants pets. And if I don't want to give it to her, I just let her know. But I know in that moment she's not coming because she really needs me. She just knows that's the one time I'm kind of sitting there quiet. You have no choice. And I really don't have much of a choice. <laughs> you don't have anything else to do. Pet right? me. Yeah. Pet me, peasant. So look at your environment. I don't say you have to give your dog attention every time they ask because that's not reality. But don't get mad at them for doing it. No. Maybe just giving them incompatible behavior. Right? So if you're – so like if she comes up to me in the bathroom and I'm like, I don't really want a pet right now. Um, I need you to go lay down or no, just go out. I'm not, I'm not petting right now. Okay. I'm just communicating that to her. And so if I really don't want to deal with it, I just close the door, but just make sure that you know why your dog is asking and make a decision at that moment. Um, but this whole demanding attention is stupid. <laughs> I'm just not even, I'm just done entertaining that one. Cause well, I hear it so much, especially during things like thunderstorms. And, you know, don't coddle them and don't pick them up and don't, you know what, give them the comfort they need. They're coming to you. I want my dog running to me. Instead of my dog running away when they hear fireworks, I want them running to me for help. Yeah. And if we would do that, our dogs will come to us when they are uncomfortable. Just thinking about Isabella and being needy, do you think there are times where it's obsessive? Well, yes, because she's a border collie. And what do you do then? Just she needs direction. She actually is needing something, which is direction. Yeah. And enrichment. Absolutely. to do. Yeah, it may be that she's giving you, using that to give you information that she needs more than what you can even give her right now. Uh Because she knows you're the one with the thumbs. You're the one that knows where all the goods are. You have the car keys. You know, so when your dog comes up, yeah, just talk to them. Look at your environment. Look at what's been happening. Look at, you know, did they wake up this morning in a good mood? Did, have we not done anything for a few days? You know, really consider it before you automatically just be like, stop being an asshole. Go lay down. Even though I know we feel like that sometimes. 
And sometimes I say that. You're being an asshole. Go lay down. But at least I'm giving direction. But she's not really an asshole. She's not. She's a baby. She's not buying me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just important that we use that for information. And that I'm glad you brought that up because it definitely, we need to look at it. Every dog is going to be individual as far as how they ask, when they ask, what their needs are. But that's why you need to get to know your dog. It's not a training issue. It's a, it's a relationship issue. All right. Yeah. And the next one kind of goes into that too. Um, licking everything. Oh boy. <laughs> This actually can um, be its own podcast. <laughs> almost. If I have a dog who's licking everything, we've got deeper problems. That is an external behavior that is showing us internal issues. And those internal issues uh, could be from, well, let me start out with saying that licking is calming. Okay, when a dog licks, they're trying to calm something down okay i'm not talking about coming up and giving you kisses on the face quick kisses on the face i'm talking about lick 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 it's almost a compulsion Uh but it doesn't have to go that long for it to be an issue you'll get a lot of dogs who are stressed out and nervous you'll get a lot of lick granulomas on them where they're licking themselves and if they have been punished about licking themselves or bad tasting stuff licking themselves and so they have learned to not lick themselves they the, the inner underlying issue of the reason for the licking themselves has not been treated. So therefore they go find something else. And this is going to be carpet. This is going to be someone else. This is going to be furniture. This is going to be another dog. They're going to find something. Um, and so if that happens, we need to really look deeper and say, okay, why are we doing this? Is the dog stressed out? Is the dog having some uh, GI issues, which is a lot of times the case? Uh-huh. Um, are there some neurological issues or there's, there's trauma happening? So if your dog is doing that, my first suggestion is you need to keep a journal. You need to keep a journal of when you're seeing it, um, how long does it happen, how often does it happen, what happened prior th- to that um, moment, what happened after that moment. And I'm not just talking minutes. I'm talking about half a day, whatever. You need, we need to get down to it. You know, I had a client that had a dog who was obsessively licking the back of the couch Mm -hmm. so much that it was getting a hole in it and not chewing, licking. And if you try to remove the dog from it, the dog would bite. And so we had to really dig deep to see what was going on. And you could see how... She would start, um, you know, they, we started out just not giving her access to it, but we knew that that wasn't going to fix the licking itself. So instead of giving her access to the couch, in those moments of triggering, we would put her in her crate with a licky mat. Uh-huh. So we still gave her a place to do the licking. Now, that licking is just telling me that she's highly aroused and she needs to find a way to calm herself. She had no self-regulation. So then after that, we had to figure out why was she not able to self-regulate and get into those issues. So first we looked at the licking. How do we kind of redirect this into something that is going to be beneficial to her and not mess up anything in the house? But now we need to get to the root cause of why are we doing that? Um, She still does it some, but she's on medication. She's getting acupuncture. She... um, is on her Chinese herbs, got a good diet going. Her parents have done a phenomenal job. They can see when she's starting to get worked up and mm-hmm. giving her other opportunities. Um, as far as I know, we're not having those licking problems, not obsessively. Um, I'm sure she's still going to lick at times because that's going to be, that's going to be a hard one to stop because licking is also very normal and natural. But um, 
But yeah, guys, if your dog's licking things, walls, cats, other dogs, themselves, you, and it's one of those where it's just constant, we need to look at that. We need to look at it behaviorally. We need to look at it medically uh, because there's something serious going on with that. But we also use licking for enrichment as well um, with our lickety mats and our topples. Yes. Yes, and a lot of times we use it because it is enriching because it is calming. Mm-hmm. So it's a, kind of a, that satisfying. Um, but, yeah, we can always use it for um, just calming in general, whether it's an enrichment-based um, or if it's just a, wow, these thunderstorms are a lot. Here's a licky mat. Mm-hmm. So don't give them, you know, so if you have dogs that are, you know you're going to have lick granulomas on July the 5th, then we have anxiety there that we need to work on. We need to work on the anxiety, whether it's through medication, with behavior modification, going deeper, looking at nutrition, you know, and, and is there medication that you need uh, during those moments? Don't just look at the symptom and be like, well, I'll just treat the symptom and just let it go. Mm-hmm. No, let's, let's really go deeper here. So, yeah. Yeah. I gave Isabella a topple because we left her here today while we did errands. Yes. And she loved it. <laughs> she didn't care. She wasn't nervous. <laughs> no, she wasn't nervous at all. She's like, thank God, they're leaving. I just felt bad. <laughs> they're taking little shit with them. Oh, they're best friends. They are best friends. All right, number two, stealing the spot on the couch. Now, this has less to do with the dog being on the furniture and more about a dog either coming in between you and someone else or you and another dog or... Just taking your spot in general, where you usually are. Well, like you know. You, if you do get up and move, and then they go jump in your spot. Well, why do we pick spots anyway? I don't know. Why, we pick spots because they're comfortable, and then the longer we sit there, the more comfortable they get, right? And they kind of conform to our body. And if it conforms to our body, because we've been sitting there so much, guess what odor's on it? Now, don't be surprised that your dog wants to get up in the spot that is the most comfortable and smells like you, right? So take it as a... Um, as a compliment that your dog wants to be close to you. Now, you do need to move them if you want to sit there. But if you don't really need to sit there, sit somewhere else, right? Let the dog sit there. Uh, but if there is a spot that you want to go, then just move them somewhere else. Ask them nicely if you can have your spot back, right? <laughs> I mean... They're not going to say yes. <laughs> no, they're not. But it's a relationship and you got to treat it like that. You know, now, if you're having problems, and I hear this one a lot, uh, wife goes to bed, husband comes in to go to bed, dog is on his side of the bed, he tries to move the dog out of his spot on the bed, dog growls, right? What do we do? Well, first of all, I'm going to not allow my dog to have that spot because he hasn't quite learned appropriate manners with it. Um, If I am working on it, I would direct my dog to a place or a bed where high rewards are going to be. I'm not trying to physically move the dog, but I'm going to work on it before I need to use it. So during the day, I'm going to let my dog up on the bed and I'm going to sit there with him, pet him for a second, and then I'm going to direct him to his place where he's going to get a handful of, of treats. And we're going to do that for two minutes and then we're going to leave and then we might do it one more time. And then at, at nighttime, we're going to go in there and we're going to go sit on that bed and we're going to say place and we're going to see him light up and go, I remember this. And he's going to run to that place and he's going to get his treats. And then you're going to get in bed. Right? So it's about understanding that don't just interrupt behavior. Know what else is okay and show your dog. 
help them learn that, right? Don't just, I don't care what you do, but you can't stay here. You can't, you can't give that to a dog. Sometimes you need to give them direction. Sometimes they have enough life experience that they can make good choices and know what they need to do. But it's only if we've really trained them in order, you know, to use their thinking brain and not be afraid to make choices. If we make them afraid to make choices, we can't expect them to make choices when we want them to. Um, what do you say when dogs are splitting up organisms on a couch or they are sort of pushing themselves in between another dog and a human? For so, a yeah, so basically they're, they're trying to do an interruption with two organisms that close together. It's conflict resolution. Um, in those situations, again, you need to recognize that your dog is feeling maybe a little nervous. Yeah, they can be just being a a bully and coming in to get attention, which sometimes is what Isabella does. Uh-huh. Um, in those moments. Oh, um, guys, we've seen a little resource guarding at times too when she's like not had enough sleep or she's kind of grumpy. She will resource guard a little bit as well and will get in between me and um, Myers. Yes. And at those times, again, you have to say, okay, uh, she feels like she needs to do this for whatever the reason is. Um, again, not necessarily going to punish that right but I'm going to redirect it those are the moments I say I understand why you're doing this but it's just not really appropriate in this moment so that's enough Uh, could you go lay on your bed Uh and Myers why don't you lay on your bed too we'll just all take a break right we can interrupt and redirect without that punishment and without saying I don't care how you feel I'm going to pet on Myers right now Uh right it's it's again just looking at the whole picture and then taking those little bits as those puzzle pieces um and again if they're they're interrupting something like and I get this one a lot where people are hugging Uh and dogs will come up and start barking jumping on them trying to get in between them well we need to look at why the dog feels like that's conflict Mm-hmm. And how much stress is in the house on a regular basis? How much confrontation is, is, is displayed in that household? Why does the dog feel the need to do that? Because if your dog is feeling the need to do that and there's really not ever been a reason, then we need to look deep. Typically, it's because the household is not consistent of being non-confrontational. And so the dog is on edge constantly and will start to interrupt things that don't even look like conflict because of the fear of how quickly conflict happens and let's be real there's probably a lot of conflict in homes with teenagers and parents and the dogs are just there right they're not necessarily in the middle of it Mm -hmm. but they're there they're still getting that conflict and it's stressful Um, for dogs any type of conflict is is one of the most stressful things that can happen to them because if you have conflict your survival rate goes down very very low so for dogs, their innate need to avoid that confrontation is going to uh, show itself, especially if the house has a high rate of conflict. So you need to, to look at your household and say, am I contributing to this? Is there something deeper? Is there something I can change to help my dog feel mm-hmm. more comfortable? But again, even if the dog is doing it, I'm, re- I'm going to look at it and say, I need to look at this deeper, but right now I can redirect you to your place. And if you, the place command to me is one of the most valuable because it's the one you can use so in so many situations, including outside of your home. Right. So I think that if you're going to teach anything right now 
place is a great one to start. Carrie, if you're listening, you need to teach little Millie how to place. <laughs> She's listening. I okay. Know she is. You need to teach her how to place with a little, a, you know, a little towel, a little mat, um, something you can take with you, but you can take multiple things with you and, and to help Millie handle things in public. Um, but also giving her that directive to say, okay, I don't know what to do because my brain is not, you know, able to function in that way. Give them that direction. Can we put a picture of Millie up? I mean, we can do it on Instagram. Yes. My youngest brother and his girlfriend got a new puppy. She's eight weeks old. Eight weeks old. Uh, Golden doodle. Golden doodle. I almost said labradoodle. Uh, Golden doodle. Millie, who is a precious, precious little. She really is cute. And this was not expected. Upper. No. Not, I would have sent him Myers. <laughs> Put some hair on him. Ethan. Take Steve's hair, throw it on him. Myers, be, Ethan, Ethan would be like, be like nah. no, that's too much for me. And well, the funny thing is, is that it, that golden doodle is going to drive your brother crazy because your brother's so laid back and chill. This dog is going to be on crack. It's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun to watch him but I get, get into therapy. I get videos from both of them. Oh, Lord. Well, <laughs> get teach Millie place because that can also help with Ethan's need for relaxation and calmness. <sighs> so it'll be, be good for him. Yeah, it'll be good for him. He'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, you're gonna hate this. Before we move on to the next one, like this, I don't even know where you found this little article. I don't know. I get them in emails sometimes. You want to hear something that's gonna really piss you off? You were in a good mood, but I'm, I was. I'm about to I you, am. I'm and, about to put you in a really and I'm bad sober mood. and everything. Listen to this. This is what this this little article says oh boy. about the, the stealing your place on the couch. It's a classic power play that dogs use to assert their dominance and remind us who's really in charge. <laughs> okay, this was the stupidest article. Um, hello, Stone Ages. Can we maybe come into this day and age and get rid of the myth that you are spilling right there? Come on. Isn't that? Oh, dogs are not walking around a all day saying, play. "How can I, how can I put myself in a position to control this world that I don't freaking understand because it was not built how for can me." I rule this world today. <laughs> yeah, and it was not built for it was not built for them. Yeah, dogs are not. Look, stop. You know what I'm gonna tell this Arthur? This uh, this Arthur? <laughs> this author? Stop projecting. Stop projecting. And get out of your wife's chair. Who is, it doesn't even say who wrote it. Well, I don't know, but stop projecting your need to dominate and feel like that you're, you know, doing a power play. Get out of your wife's chair. I can't even. Okay. Anyway. All right, next. Number one is snatching socks and hiding them. I don't think it necessarily is just socks. It's just objects they're not supposed to have in general that they steal. Okay. And they take so I'm going to, yep, Myers loves, loves socks. socks, but he doesn't hide them. No. He has a really good time with them. So he doesn't really bother him as much anymore as he used to. Mm-hmm. For me, this is, here's, here's going to be my, ex, uh, my experience talking with what's probably happened if you have a dog who's stealing items of clothing and hiding them. Your dog has learned this, that grabbing items of clothes makes the house a lot more fun than when they were not grabbing clothes. All of a sudden, they have three humans 
trying to pay attention to them and chase them and playing a game. And this is the best thing ever. And they're barking really loud, the humans, you know, and there's just great time. However, if you get caught, you get punished. You get caught, you get yelled at, you maybe get popped on the tail, you get popped on the nose. Yes, y'all, this still happens. Uh It shouldn't. And so the dog has learned that grabbing items has, in the past, released dopamine because the fun the household brought. So we're still going to do that. Even if it was just for a couple of minutes. Even even if it's for a couple <laughs> of seconds. You know how you can have a, a couple of seconds of fun and it lasts forever. Uh-huh. Um, skydiving, that's not a couple of seconds, hopefully. Hopefully it's a lot longer, a couple of seconds. But say. like a roller coaster ride, right? <laughs> you could doing you, it right. You get on a roller coaster, it's probably only a 30-second ride, 45-second ride. Once it starts, right? Uh-huh. Once you get to the top. That release of dopamine is just is enough to get you to want to go again. Mm-hmm. It's that, that, that high that you get. And so by dogs doing that, they're getting this high. Therefore, they're still going to go still. They're going to hide it because they've learned that you not finding it with them is the more positive outcome. That's too negative. So mm-hmm. they're going to hide it. So what you guys need to do is, one, you teach them to leave your shit alone by giving them other things that they can have. And I actually played a game with Myers. I um, let him kind of be like a bad boy. And when he would get my socks, I'd be like, oh, you got my sock. You better give me my sock. And I would just slowly come after him. But I was keeping my body very loose and rigid and relaxed. And I'm, you know, using the kind of uppy, oh, you got my sock. You better give me my sock. I'm going to get my sock. And I kind of allowed him to, to turn that into a kind of naughty boy game. Because mm-hmm. I also had worked on Drop It. Yeah. So I knew I could stop it at any time. And, you know, in those moments where I'm like, I don't want him getting these socks, I made sure to put them away. If I had other socks, I didn't care that he kind of grabbed and we played that with, and I would keep them accessible. Um, and, you know, it, uh, but I also play the same game with other items. Right. So I'll, if he gets a, you know, like he got the fish yesterday, and I was like, I'm going to get that fish. Mm-hmm. And I was slowly kind of going after, I'm going to get that fish. You better bring me that fish. Right. And so it was, it became a game. So he didn't feel the need to just steal and hide Mm -hmm. because it was something that was fun for us. And I don't have things that are torn up. I mean, I think he's put maybe a hole in a sock, um, a second hole in the sock because all socks, all socks have holes. Um, (laughs) but, but it was usually where he shakes it. He likes to shake them and kill them. So I just think that Again, your dog isn't trying to be a manipulator. The dog is just doing something that has worked for them in the past. Um, they could also, if your dog is only stealing certain types of material and it's the same person, then they're trying to get comfort from a secure attachment. Mm-hmm. And that's where odor is. And, and that odor becomes that secure attachment. We've talked about that in trauma, about that grounding. So that is something that they might be doing. So again, Please look at why your dog's doing something before you jump to conclusions and before you decide what technique and what direction to take with it. Take a step back and look at it for, you know, and see, is there something deeper here that I'm missing out? Yeah. Our dogs aren't great at all commands, but they are both really good at drop it. Very good at drop it. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, it dead animals the cats bring up Myers will bring it up there and I'm like oh man and I'm like what do you have in your mouth because I can't tell and I'm like dude mm-hmm. what is that I'm like can you drop it and he'd drop it and I'd, I'd, it'd be like a mole and I'd be like well ooh, that's gross okay good boy you can have it back 
And some, well, and I would let him have it back for a little bit, and then I'll take it from him and throw it away. A lot of times I'm finding that he drops it, and he's like, I didn't really want it. <laughs> She's bringing it up here. Yeah, so it's, so I, I, you know, the way I did it is so my dogs wouldn't run from me with things. Mm-hmm. You know, people freak out. They're like, I got to make sure he drops something because he eats something, you know, and he swallows it, and it's bad for him. Well, stop making things such a big deal where the dog is running away from you because, one, you're scary, mm-hmm. and you're threatening to kill him. To stop them from eating something that might kill them. Yeah. I mean, just, we have to be, we have to be thinking a little bit more. So just don't make things a big deal until they do something good. Make that a big deal. Right. When he drops, you know, shit like that, I'm like, what a good boy. And I also make it a point, and I know a lot of my clients are like, why are we doing that? If I'm working on walking with a dog and my client's with me, and I see a dead animal on the side of the road, I'm using that dead animal. And I'm going to let that dog get close. I'm going to give them permission to sniff. I'm going to reward them for leaving it alone. I'm not yeah. going to avoid it. Because avoiding it is not fixing it. Yeah. The dog can smell it, knows there's something interesting. I want to be able to call the dog off of it. So why not use it as a, as a good training scenario, teaching moment? Right. So there you go. Yeah, we, we use that to our advantage for sure when mm-hmm. Isabella was young. Yep. So I don't feel so bad about her, you know antics occasionally and you know he's the same way she's really great he doesn't really mess with anything either <laughs> she just she'll, she'll like if we're on a walk and there's like a a dead animal she'll kind of sniff it maybe sometimes she just like just keeps walking yeah. past it like, because it's eh. just it's just a something that's been Here a part of her world we didn't avoid it yeah it was it's been a part of her world so it's not a big deal we've taught her how to deal with these things that she might encounter and same thing with little man that's how you get a dog that leaves shit alone. Not by teaching them 4,000 commands and being harsh giving those commands. Right. That's not, that's like telling, a, a you know, telling me don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink. Well, don't worry, I'm not going to drink in front of you. Mm-hmm. But now I really want to drink because you're telling me I can't drink. Which was, has happened, y'all. Which you were about to do. Uh, not with this, I'm not. I can't stand that. Aww. That's disgusting. I made a frozen margarita with limeade and it disgusting. It's way too sweet. I think it's last nasty. Time maybe you put some kind of um, like I did, strawberry or yeah, something. Yeah, I did. In it? Yeah, we did a different one. That's Is just that too why? sweet. And I think y'all, I know that y'all wouldn't even recognize me. I don't think right now. Um, eight weeks, I have drank very little. Mm hmm. Compared to, um, I have probably had the amount of alcohol in eight weeks that prior to surgery and probably, let's say, 2020, that's not probably the best year to use. 2021, 2022. We drank a liquor store in 2020. We did drink a liquor store in 2020. Um, I have had the amount of alcohol that I drank probably in 21 compared to what I've had in eight weeks. I mean, I would drink that in, I'd say, three or four days. No problem. Three or four days, it would take me to drink what I have had in eight weeks. Oh. And it's been really sad. Yeah. We went on, we went, uh, I stay on a vacation. I didn't get to do much. I, there was a, a hidden margarita bar I wanted to go to. And I just, I couldn't because I, I was hurting, couldn't, didn't really could drink. Drink, I mean. Antibiotics too. Antibiotics. Yeah. It's just, ugh. So, Yeah. Y'all, I don't know what's happened. Um, I did have a vodka drink last night. I'm, I'm kind of, I think I'm moving towards some vodka. 
instead of tequila right now because every margarita is just not tasted good. I haven't made one of my regular margaritas in a couple of months. That could be why. But nothing's really tasted good. Even the wine, y'all. I'm really scared. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's I funny. Don't, Most people listening are probably like, this doesn't seem healthy like a problem like i don't oh, know that you're not wanting to drink yeah like, what I is just, wrong with her <laughs> i uh, let me tell you one of my and, and i'm we're going to stop ranting after this one of my favorite things to look forward to is our weekly cheese and meat plate mm-hmm. and a bottle of wine mm-hmm. it is one of my favorite things it it something i look forward to um and of course the last couple of cheese plates that we've had while i was sick one i ended up at the er for 10 hours, not because the cheese plate. Um, I was say, y'all, I did not. Not because the cheese plate. I did not poison her. But as we were eating the cheese plate for dinner, things, you know, went south. Um, and then the last time we had cheese plate, um, didn't have the right, um, the wine just wasn't tasting right and the jam wasn't right. Mm-hmm. We, had, we didn't have the right jam. So it was just, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we're going to bounce back and that, Red wine is going to be yummy again because I, that that does make me sad. I believe in you. Okay, y'all believe in me. <laughs> y'all believe in me. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna switch to vodka for a little while and see how that works. So, anyway, that was great. Um, that was a good episode, I think. And uh, let's get back on track. Y'all got Kim Brophy coming back here in a couple Yay. weeks. I'm really excited about that. We're gonna Kim and I are gonna talk about how we've raised these puppies. Totally different than what we the way we used to do it and the way I've raised Myers is very similar to how she's um, raised Monk of course he's like 120 pounds at nine months oh yeah and he's a um, he's a a livestock guardian breed and just seeing the videos and stuff from her has been a fascinating watching him be so natural Mm -hmm. and also understanding how these guys listen and how they're um, how they're bred to listen and not listen to you how many of you with livestock guardian dogs call us and say, I have a beautiful great Bearnese um, dog, but he just doesn't listen to listen. anything. No <laughs> shit. Did you do any research? It's their job. That's their job <laughs> to not listen to you. You don't mean anything to them. You are just a part of the farm, right? So she understands that, but she gives him a chance to get out and do what he naturally does, but also understands when he needs that few minutes. Um, before responding to something uh-huh. and and it's just you know being a professional people look at our dogs and think our dogs are supposed to be perfect and in their mind perfect is robotic and I just don't believe that yeah um, none of my dogs have been robotic my Roddies were amazing and not robotic and but Myers I've taught even less commands than I ever have um, I don't want to have to give him any commands uh, we took him with us today we were going to do a little fishing and um, I think the only commands I used was this way and let's go. Uh-huh. I mean, <laughs> that was that was it. Um, I just don't need a reason to go sit down, stay, blah, blah. Uh-huh. So I don't know. It's going to be a really good episode, though. We're excited. I'm excited about talking that about it because it is very different for both of us. Yeah. And we're seeing probably some a lot of pros. I'm seeing some cons, but I'm curious to see how that conversation is going to go. So that'll be in a couple weeks. So excited about that. Yeah. Um, all right. If you got any uh, ideas, shoot them over to us. Um, I know Carrie's already sent her idea. She'd like a whole podcast episode on training a, a golden doodle. 
Um, you just shit out of luck, girlfriend. You might as well just listen to every single one of these. Go back to the beginning. Back to Carrie now. Uh, back to Millie, um, my outlaw. Not Millie, Carrie. But, uh, yeah, just start listening, and I've already sent you the puppy packet. We'll go from there. Good luck, though. Oh, boy. Uh, quiet space time. Yeah. Good luck with that. Nathan, I love you, son. <laughs> it's going to be a rough, rough road for you. Nah. Yeah. That'll, all right. That'll be great. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll keep you all updated on Millie. Um, all right. Y'all have a great uh, rest of the week.